Hey guys, so I've decided to start my own podcast. I know, crazy, right? I can barely manage to post anything on my blog on time, but let's see how this podcast works out. The general idea was, honestly, I really want to just share some of the stories from the experiences I've had in my global exploits, by the way, currently in Beijing, China. Um, And I also wanted to talk about what's going on in the world, period, especially in the U.S., what it looks like as someone who lives abroad. I want to talk about the Constitution. I want to talk about different movements, groups of people, history. I want to talk about all types of things. But today, today we're just going to talk about something that bugs me. Language. I know. I like to write, yet language bugs me. Sounds rather peculiar, right? Probably not. You see, we don't pay a lot of attention to what we say to people or how we say it or care about how it makes people feel. And I think that we should take some time. We should take some time, pay attention, and listen. I don't think anyone gets hurt by that. I think everyone gets helped. That's my honest opinion. So the point of my podcast, my Tatiana Talks podcast, is going to be to educate, hopefully enlighten, maybe change some minds, but you know, I'm human. At the end of the day, I really just want to get my voice out there too. I know that's selfish of me, and we'll be talking about selfishness today. But what can I say? I am only human. Love you guys. We've all heard the old adage, the pen is mightier than the sword. But do we really believe that? Do we truly believe that words are our most powerful weapon? And if they are, what does that even mean? Is it really possible that by putting emphasis on different words we can create peace? Or by twisting a few phrases we can make global enemies? Is language really our most powerful weapon? Well, honestly, I think it is. I don't want to talk today about global issues. We will have plenty of time for that. Today I want to talk about a few of my least favorite phrases in the world. Has anyone ever said to you, well, at least you have it better than this person? Or, it could be worse. Every time I hear those, I think, who does saying that benefit? Not the person you're saying it to, obviously. Those phrases just minimize their suffering. You're basically saying, well, you shouldn't complain because some random person who you've never met in some random place has it worse than you. Why would anyone say that to someone they cared about? Or, well, at least you have it better than me. My first thought after that one is, did you just 
ungraciously segue from my emotional problem to yours. And then I'm the bad person if I don't instantaneously switch gears. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about the impact of these phrases because we're spending so much time not listening to each other. Why minimize each other's suffering? Why sit there and make someone else feel like what they're going through is less because it's not as drastic as someone starving to death somewhere? Why do that? As I grow older, relationships of all kind get so much harder to navigate. I thought they'd get easier. I thought that I'd find like-minded people and we'd want to talk about the same things. I thought that adulthood would include finding people that live the way I lived. Instead, I found I have no idea how I want to live and everyone around me seems absolutely sure they know how I should be living. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of people who have figured it out for everyone but themselves. To be clear, I am no exception to this, of course. So, I have a theory. I think that it's basic self-deflection. That what we want is to feel superior to. So, we feel a little bit less like we don't have it together. I know what you're thinking. How morbid of me. Maybe people just want what's best for you. But let me ask you a question. If you saw someone struggling, someone who's really, really down on their luck, and you had the ability to help, would you A, give them a few bucks, B, buy them a meal or C ask them what they needed I'll give you a second to think about it before we dive any deeper I'm gonna give you a second to think about the answer to my question and also say that if you'd like to follow me on Instagram you can find me at Tatiana underscore McLaurin or on Facebook at hopelessly Tatiana, or you can check out my blog, www.hopelesslytatiana.wordpress.com. Thanks. Now back to the topic. Any answer that isn't C is just another form of selfishness. Anne Rand said that we are all inherently selfish, that even when we do nice things, it's because we get something out of it. When we give a few bucks or buy them a meal, you're doing something nice. I won't take that away from you. But you're not necessarily helping, right? I mean, if you go to the doctor and he looks at you and then gives you a prescription, would that actually be helping you? If he just took one look and said, I've decided you have the flu. Here's a flu shot. Didn't listen to your symptoms didn't bother running any tests or maybe he does maybe he does listen to your symptoms but doesn't run any tests he's decided beforehand 
what's wrong with you? So he knows exactly what medication you need. Well, that's what we do to each other. When we don't opt for C. When we don't ask people what it is that they need. When we just assume that we have the right right advice, that we are gonna make the right choices for them. So yes, I'm sorry. Even when you're nice to someone, you may very well be being selfish. Everyone wants to feel heard, listened to, respected. Everyone wants to know that what they said or did mattered. No one wants to make a call where they listen to you, listen to your problems or accomplishments for 30 minutes and then you just hang up. That's not a conversation. I think that we're growing more judgmental because we spend, we're spending less time listening to each other's needs. So do me a favor. The next time someone calls and complains to you, listen. Just listen. Don't just tell them that they shouldn't complain or that it could be worse. You're right. It could be, but would you want to hear that from someone? Even if it's true, if you were going through something, is that what you would want to hear? That what you're going through is trivial? Probably not. So take a minute and listen. Just listen. If they ask for advice and you feel qualified to give it, then do. But try to not jump in with judgments and all-knowing words. Let the other people tell you what they need from you and vice versa. Be the kind of friend you wish you had. Otherwise, you will burn your good friends out. No one wants to be anyone's emotional dumpster. And if you have a friend that is your emotional dumpster, please keep two things in mind. One, they're there for you when you need them. So you need to be there for them, even if it's inconvenient, especially if it's inconvenient. And two, be there for them their way, not yours. Trust me, your relationships will last longer and be stronger. If you find that you go through a lot of friends and some of them keep pulling away, ask yourself if you've done those two things. And if not, then start. It's rarely too late to try again. So in the same vein of talking about words that bother me, Another phrase that I'm not particularly fond of that I honestly don't understand is the race card or the gender card or the blank card. Every time I've ever heard it, it's always been used as one of those, well, your opinion isn't valid because you are this thing. And I've never understood that. So 
in the recent situation, I was having a conversation with someone online and honestly, I was, you know, tagging on to the conversation that was already happening, but I was reading these comments and I was listening to how there are these two people who have seemingly plenty of respect for each other and how each other thinks and what each other feels. And then all of a sudden, one of them goes, well, as blank, I feel this. And all of a sudden it was like, well, you shouldn't play the race card. And I was just, I just, it blows my brain, blows my mind, sorry, blows my mind. And the reason it blows my mind is, I'm really sorry if this bothers you, but truth here is it doesn't make any sense. There isn't a single other area of your life where firsthand experience is just discounted. If you feel the need to pause this, feel free to pause this. Pause the video. Think about your life. Think about another area where someone stops and goes, I have first experience, firsthand experience with that job, with that company, with that product, with that school. Think of another experience in your life, time, place, whenever, where somebody's first-hand account was just completely disregarded because it was a first-hand account. Yep, nope, there isn't one. And I've never understood that. Like, I've never understood the term race card. It's like it was purposefully invented for the sheer point of being able to tell someone that I'm sorry, your opinion isn't valid because I'm going to tell you mine. And I'm just going to not use race or gender. And then it's, it's valid because it came from me. And I've never understood that. It doesn't make sense. If one of my Asian friends said to me, hey, as an Asian woman, I feel this way about something going on. Or if one of my Hispanic friends was like, as a Hispanic male, I feel this way. I would never stop and go, oh, you just played the race card. I would listen to their experiences because, drum roll, I'm not either of those things. So it is my responsibility as a citizen of the world, and especially an American, to listen to other perspectives because I'm gonna live naturally in the bubble with which I my experiences have developed me. That is normal. We all have our own perception bubbles. And it's important to be able to respect other people when they have them. And I feel like every time someone says, well, you're playing the race card, it's not even just an I feel. Honestly, if someone says, I'm like, you're playing the race card, they are instantly discounting the experiences of the person who's talking. And that's not okay. It's okay to invoke my race when I'm describing a situation that I've encountered. Or it's okay to invoke my race when trying to explain how certain things impact it versus other things. That's completely fine because chances are I'm gonna have some firsthand knowledge that somebody else might not have. And that should be taken into account. It shouldn't be instantly disregarded. That's not what it's for. Nor does that like promote rational or productive conversations. The second anyone feels like their opinion doesn't matter, it's so much easier for conversations to go from 
useful to harmful all of a sudden you've got ad hominems and attacks on people and well you wouldn't feel that way if it was talking about someone else and no we're no longer talking about the topic we've now changed to talking about vocabulary and that's a whole nother discussion that i promise we will have The final thing I want to talk about that is discussing something that I honestly do find super annoying would be the grammar police. Obviously, these aren't actual police officers. I know you guys know what grammar police are, and I'm sure most of you are annoyed by them, unless you are one. For those people who are the grammar police, I understand why you are this way, but I would like to explain to you why I find it very annoying personally i'm terrible at spelling anyone who's read my blog knows that i don't proofread anything and yes i do know that that is something i need to address but if i post a blog with a couple of spelling errors it doesn't make me dumb and i don't necessarily think that that is the goal of grammar police but when you publicly call out someone's failures in that sort of a manner you were just embarrassing them. And I know that this seems like a really trivial thing to say. And honestly, no one's really called out my blog stuff publicly. A lot of times my friends will send me a, a private message and be like, yo, you misspelled this and it's kind of a big deal. And then I'll go back and make corrections because their goal is to help me, not to humiliate me. And that goes a lot further than just publicly embarrassing people. And that... That is the point that I'm trying to get to at the very root cause of why I'm not a fan of the grammar police. And I want to say that I have to acknowledge that at one point in time, I was one of those people who would say, I'm not listening to your argument because you forgot a period. I was also in my early 20s. I am not now. You learn a couple of things along the way. Starting with, I really don't feel like typing in complete sentences when I'm making a, a post on a website. I don't because why should i i don't think that anyone should discount my or anyone else's opinions because there are a couple of grammatical errors i shouldn't have to type out my message in notepad proofread it and then post it onto the social media platforms like that shouldn't be a requirement when i'm just trying to have a conversation with someone you knew what i meant there's no reason to to call people out like that and also the whole ignoring someone unless they meet your your criteria or your level of like grammar etiquette is also very much ridiculous like it doesn't lend itself to productive conversations you're just making the other person feel stupid which is another form of an ad hominem even if you're not calling them dumb your actions are sending that message to the other person which then makes it impossible for you two to have an actual conversation with each other now you one of you feels attacked and the other one just feels superior and then they're just never going to have a conversation and the reason the reason why this particular stream of consciousness is coming up is because we are definitely in the middle of a political season and i have noticed that there's been a trend on a lot of tv shows and social media platforms where we spend a lot of time making fun of people for being quote unquote uneducated. 
So we'll find mistakes that they made and we'll blow them up. We'll find errors that they made and we'll jumbo size them. And it's like the goal is to make the other person look dumb. I, none of you know this because why should you? But when I was in high school, I actually did debate. Did not love it. Did not love it. But I did learn a lot from that experience. And one of the things I learned during debate was if you're having an argument with someone, if you're having a, an actual debate, one, never ever resort to ad hominems. I've used that word a couple times. It's basically meaning per personal attacks, but never resort to those. And two, if you're making an argument with someone or having an argument with someone and you drop their point, if they pick it back up at the end of the conversation, then they win the debate. Because you opted to not address what they were saying. So the way I view people that do those grammatical checks, the ones that are like, oh, well, you didn't use a period or you didn't use a comma. The way I view people that act, that act like 20-year-old me acted, I view them as inexperienced debaters. Because if you can't address the issue and your first thought or the only thing you have to say is, well, you used their wrong then you either completely miss the point of what I was saying or, and I'm using I subjectively, but you've missed the point of what I was saying, or you don't have a response and you're just trying to make it so that you can walk out of this argument without your tail between your legs. And that does not benefit either side of any argument. So we do need to stop doing that. We need to stop with the policing people's grammar because it's not helpful these are conversations that we want to have we want to keep dialogue going that is the only way change will happen change cannot happen in a vacuum i'm really sorry if you surround yourself by people who just agree with you change will never come it does not happen in a select small area where everybody agrees in those areas, things stay exactly the same forever because there's no reason for there to be change. So if we want to create a world that's more open, more honest, more inclusive, if we want that world, then one of the first steps to getting there is treating everybody in it with the baseline amount of respect that we all require. And that is my biggest thing when it comes to language. The way we speak to each other needs to be respectful. You should not at any point in time have to minimize someone else's experiences, discount what they've been through. You shouldn't try to find a way to make them feel inferior to win your argument. If you don't have information to add to the argument because you don't know, that's okay. Take some time. Go look it up. Come back with a solid retort. And even if you don't have one and you have questions, just ask them. There's no reason to spend so much time making people feel bad about the way they phrase the statement. Also, we should really stop allowing people who we watch on television to dictate how we speak to each other. They are creating forms of dialogue that aren't beneficial and I do think that that is something that we should all keep in mind at all times to wrap this up I just really want to say that language is more than just the words we use 
It's the reality that the words we use have an impact. They change people's minds. They change their opinions of us. They change the decisions we make. Our language is something that we should definitely make sure that we pay very close attention to. We should also make sure that when we do use language, we do so in a kind manner. That our goal is to inform, educate, and as often as possible to be respectful of other people who are different. I'm not going to lie to you. I am a normal human being who gets angry and says really mean things because I am human. We all are. I don't expect anyone to be perfect immediately. But I do think that it would not hurt any of us to stop, take a breath, and rethink what we're going to say. Make sure that what we're going to say impacts the way we want it to impact. And make sure that the impact we want is beneficial to both parties. Consider this. If you want to learn, read. If you want to reflect, write. If you want to change, listen. This has been an episode of Tatiana Talks. Thanks for listening.